Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. And let's hear from Pastor Tom. Well, good morning. My name is Tom Kyle. My beautiful wife, Randy, is in the front. She was up here in the pink top. And we have the privilege of serving this family here. And we just want to welcome you to Life Church. We have lots of extra people here this morning. Um, I just want to say, if I'm going to find him in here somewhere, where's Don and Barb Casabon? I still can't. There he is. Over in the, you guys should be over here. You're misplaced. Happy birthday. And we have lots of... Uh, and because I love you, I'm not going to sing. But we have lots of their family here, so you can greet them afterwards. And we also have someone I just saw a minute ago, Mike and Penny. Mike and Penny, could you two stand up, please? This is dear friends of ours. No, no, stay standing, stay standing. This is Mike and Penny Stevens. They lived in St. Louis for many, many years, and... These amazing people were the first pastors that Randy and I had years and years ago. I mean, it's not that many years, a few decades, but it's, it's, they are part of our church in St. Charles, Illinois. And we just honor you and bless you. And we're just filled with respect and appreciation and love for you. All the investment that you've put in our lives and so many people in this body, you're a gift from heaven. And we love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So go and talk to them afterwards as well. Uh, they are fabulous, fabulous people. And it was funny. I was just thinking, this church started in 2013 in a building probably mm, five miles from here. And Mike and Penny came on a Sunday. I think it was October 15th. I don't remember the date. But it was like October 15th. And it was just the Holy Spirit broke out, and Mike had a word for us that we were going to be a breadbasket to the nations. Amen. It was a, a verse out of uh, the book of Psalms. And just the impact that you've had on this family, thank you. Yeah. You're a gift from heaven for us. Uh, just to uh, underline and underscore the offering next week on November 20 for Families in Need, um, part of what we're going to do is we're going to buy Kim a calendar. just so that she knows what's happening. But in all seriousness, we, for, because of the generosity, my wife actually told me to say that, so you talk to her. I'm not ratting her out, but I'm just saying. We were able to, over this last year, uh, just receive, we received tens of thousands of dollars that we were able to sow into people in the community, in this family, and just, it's the opportunity for, as I said last week, it's. It's just, it's the, for many of us, it's the excess that we have in here is somebody else's miracle is sitting right in our pocket, in our wallet. So in our spirit of generosity, which this church uh, does a, an amazing job at, just ask Holy Spirit, what would, you, what would you have me bring next week for other people? And it's a, it's a simple expression of love. And on that, I want to carry on in a uh, series that we've been a short series we've been on, and it's, it's on the Holy Spirit. And you think, okay, so we're going to talk about tongues. No, we are not. Um, but it's on Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to emphasize probably the most 
powerful aspect of mighty Holy Spirit, and that is love. Amen. Last week, we, and so if you're a guest here, you may think, man, these guys, they do, they, they worship a long time. You should have been here last Sunday. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, so the title to this morning's message is, what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? In Life Church St. Peter's, the culture that we pursue here is that we honor God and honor people, that we love God really well and we love people really well. It's um, having, expressing, experiencing, modeling, living a culture of honor. And last week I gave out copies of, three copies of a book that we do value here. But at Life Church, as a family, we want people when they walk in here to actually feel valued. That's love. When people walk into this church, that they actually feel loved, that they feel heard, that they actually, somebody sees me, where people actually feel appreciated. We were talking about uh, this week a couple of different people with my wife and I. Just when you walk into certain churches, what do, you, what do you feel? What do you experience? And every church has its flavor. Every church has its expression that just kind of um, is unique to it. And here at Life Church, it's just we value people feeling loved. They would actually experience Jesus, that it wouldn't just be a religious experience. The people would know that they're loved. You think, well, how, how do we do that? What, what does that look like? And there was a gentleman named Grand, Graham Cook. Many of you will know him. He actually said this. He said, what if, what if we actually learned in the age to come? that the fruits of the Spirit were more powerful than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And in a church like this, you know, people will come into it, and it's like, you guys actually believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Yes, we do. And we, we like to live in them Monday to Saturday. And we also get to experience them on a Sunday. But I actually believe in the power of the fruits of the Spirit, how potent they are. The fruits of the Spirit are actually eternal. The gifts of the Spirit, many of them, are very, very temporal. In 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, this is what the Bible says. Is it okay if we look through some scripture yeah. today? 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10 says this, love never fails. Then it goes into some of the gifts of the Spirit, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Now, we, if you're ill, we, we, we value the gifts of healing. It's so important. It's so necessary. And miracles, gifts of leadership, gift of administration, we, we need these things. And they're so necessary, so valuable now. But in the age to come, it's going to be perfection. But the fruits of the Spirit will still be there. They will be fully expressed, full-orbed in the age to come. The fruits of the Spirit, they help define and they help describe the very nature and character of God. 
In Galatians 5, verse 13 to 26, the Bible says this. Galatians 5, 13 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. There's an old school word. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I love that the Bible is so beautiful, so powerful, so potent. And he loves us enough that he gave us a glimpse into heaven. He gave us a glimpse into God's heart. It, it helps us. You know, when, we, when you talk about love, the, the, the world loves love. And it wants to define what love looks like, whether it's in books or um, social media, yeah. movies, magazines. I guess that's old school. I don't know they do magazines anymore. <laughs> but the Bible actually helps us. It says what Jesus thinks love is, what it really looks like, what it feels like. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, many of us who have been in church for a long time, this is a, a famous passage of Scripture, but Lord, may I not lose its potency through familiarity. Right. I've heard, I know, <laughs> Lord, this is what heaven, how it describes love. What Jesus says love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, the Bible says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am no thing. I'm nothing. We so, we so emphasize so many gifts. It's so people seek after gifts. 
But I just see it when I read the Bible and I look at Jesus. He says, seek love. Love God. Love people. Verse 3, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what does what it look like, love? Love is patient. Ow. I, I don't appreciate that it starts with that. Love is kind. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let me just say that again. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And just on that, you know we're having this Thanksgiving meal coming up? Yes, we heard about that? Okay, and we can express love so tangibly. Don't bring any sweet potatoes. It's supposed to be good. Bring things that we love. Just, just, sometimes love speaks the truth. There's other days for liver and sweet potatoes, not on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Love. It's, it's so potent, so powerful. And yet, disturbingly, it, it's almost like when you hear something like that, it's almost a, attributed to, oh, well, that's more for the girl stuff. You know, they like love stories and chick flicks. And, you know, the, the guys, you know, want to shoot them up. And... But how many churches would be propelled forward if it just exuded love, just exuded love. When people walked into a church, they just feel the love of God expressed through people. How many families would be saved, not torn apart, if it just mom and dad just exuded love? You know, Randy and I, we, we talk, we have four children together. She likes to say, well, we have four children. We have four children. And we are, we're older now. All young families, we appreciate you. We love you. And now that we're not such a young family, has anybody, an older person, ever think with your kids you wanted a do-over? Oh, There's some truth people here. You no, know, you look back at your kids and you're just like... And some of our kids would say, yeah, I wish you had a do-over, Dad. My children used to call me when we were going on vacation. They'd say, don't slip into vacation, Dad. Oh. Ow. You know, it's that, don't, not another word, as you're driving. Because your kids are bickering and touching. And, and they, they actually said this phrase, you know, Dad, you know, 
you're so nice most of the time, but vacation, Dad, ooh, ooh. And it's just getting to the vacation. Once I was there, it was really good. But you just look and you think, with life, you get one shot. You get one shot. There's no do-overs in life. And you just look and see. Because again, I, we, Randy and I went to a funeral for an amazing, amazing woman this week. Darren did an amazing, amazing job. But you just hear the testimony of people just talking about this woman. She, and it's just, you know, you have, I've been at a lot of different funerals. And I love going to funerals where what's being said about them is always true. You ever been to a funeral where you're like, I don't think you knew Ed. Ed was crusty. Not, not Ed, sorry. Uh, Wilbur. Wilbur was crusty. But how beautiful it is when you go to a funeral and they're just saying amazing things. At the end of it, the half wasn't told. They, just, they were just a beautiful person. And we have an opportunity. I don't care where we're at, whether you're 16 or 116. It's a great day to take an opportunity to start loving people. Yes. And I'll talk what practically what that might look like. And family is such an amazing place to start. Yeah. Some people say, oh, I want to go feed the homeless. Yes, please, absolutely. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But what if, what if my best expression my, my family got? Yeah. Yes. What if the best was if you're married? What if, what if the best was given to your spouse? Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? A lot of people, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Love expressed. There was a family, I just want to reference it and just read quickly through it. Sometimes I, I find, personally, it's, it's, it's easy at times to love certain people. You know, you just, you just love them. You know, Debbie Schultz, we just love you. And your daughter. And, and Ben. But it's just, sometimes it's so easy to love other people, you know, out there. But the people at home, they, they just act a lot like you. Sometimes love is a challenge at home. There's a, a fantastic story in the book of Genesis that's so painful, so ugly, so powerful. And the first time I read it 45 years ago, I, was, I just was gripped by one man and a family. And it's Genesis 37. And we'll just read along quickly. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons. That's going to be a problem. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. That's a favoritism is such a beautiful thing. Always bear such wonderful fruit. I know, I'm finishing. It's bad when they're sitting there, you know, never mind. Sorry. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Verse 8, his brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Verses 12 and 13. 
Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing their flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. Verse 18. The brothers, but they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. This is family. They plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal de devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. It's a beautiful family story. It's not a hallmark thing. <laughs> Verse 23 to 25. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat their meal. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh. And they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Verses 26 to 27. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. Our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. Great idea. And you, you just stop and you look at it. The statement was, what will we gain? What's in it for us? Well, how will we benefit if we only kill him? We have, something good's going to have to come out of this for me. What will we gain if we just kill him? How depraved of a mindset is that? And he wasn't just the guilty one. All the brothers agreed with him. Are you kidding me? These, these men are representing the 12 tribes of Israel. These are the big shots. These are the, the great guys. But family dynamics. Family dynamics. I read this and I'm like, are you kidding me? Years go by. And many of us, many of us know the story. Joseph, he lives in Egypt. Things go well for him. No. As a result of his gifts, his beautiful heart, nations are saved. His own derelict family is saved. And he is ultimately reunited with his family. Let me pick it up in Genesis 50, 15 through 18. Dad had died, and now the brothers are freaking out a little nervous. Genesis 50, verses 15 to 18. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Because it wasn't just this one. See, in their family, instead of loving, there was hatred. It manifested in a moment. But family was messy to, to be kind. So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. And when their message came to him, Joseph wept. I wonder why he wept. 
His brothers then came to him, threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. I think, I personally think, he, Joseph wept because my brothers are still lying weasels. They haven't changed. They haven't repented. They're still lying and manipulating. Through all of my pain, they're just the same. And Joseph's response, and this is what wins me. Besides Jesus, Joseph has always been my guy in the Bible. Genesis 50, verses 19 to 20. What is Joseph's response to these weaselly, manipulating, lying brothers who ruined his life, and yet Joseph wasn't ruined? Verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. I will provide for you and your kids. And then he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. What does love look like? People wrong you. People hurt you. It's, if you're old enough, it's happened many, many times. And this beautiful story, a true story, somebody expressed love. Moral excellence, heaven's beauty, doing the right things for the right reasons. Heart excellence, heart healthy, choosing love in the midst of family. Joseph did the exact opposite of what his brother Reuben did. What's in it for me? How, what, if I just kill you, I'm not going to gain. Oh, I know. Since he's a brother, we'll just sell him into slavery. Everybody benefits from that. How am I going to repay your treachery, your greed, your hatred? I'm going to bless you. That's my response. I'm going to love you. 1 Peter 4.8 says this out of the NIV. 1 Peter 4.8, NIV, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. The Passion Translation says this, above all, consistently, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. Echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Amplified says, above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Psalm 133 says this. Came up in the prayer meeting this morning. How good and pleasant, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows or commands his blessing, even life forevermore. But they hurt me. Yep, just like Joseph. What about me? What about you? Life doesn't seem fair at times, doesn't play fair at times. So my question for me and you is, 
Has someone stolen life from you? Has someone stolen time from you? Has someone stolen money from you? Has someone stolen trust from you? You have an inability to trust ever again because of that. Has someone stolen innocence from you? Has someone stolen love from you? Has someone stolen your past from you? Is someone stealing your future from you? What's my response? What about Jesus? What about his love? And I think of all the times, in fact, just this week, all the times I failed Jesus. And when I come into his presence, he's not like, pull out the scorecard. Okay, before you start, let's just see how you're doing this week. We got a little mess to clean up, Tom. Actually, I think he calls me Tommy. So, he's really personal. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't keep a record of wrongs? Aren't you glad that he still loves 100% without holding anything back? He's my, he's my plumb line. It's his love. All that he forgave me of and forgives me of. What about the love that Jesus shows me? But you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. You're right, I don't. But like Jesus and Joseph, my response is to bless. To let love be expressed. Let love be made visible. Let love be tangibly felt. The Bible says if I don't, I'm simply just another clanging cymbal or a noisy gong. And I just want to say this for just somebody here this morning. Love can and does have boundaries. It doesn't have limitations. But love can and does have boundaries. John 2, 23 to 25. John 2, 23 to 25. Speaking of Jesus. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. Well, he's withholding love. Nope. He's not going to allow toxic relationships to control him. But he is going to love them. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person's heart. I am not talking about this morning toxic people in your life. But I do want to say this. Love always wins. Love always wins. And how do we do that? How can I forgive people? How can I relate to messy people? Very simple. Great, but how? How do I do that? It's to be with him. Be with Jesus. That's my only hope. That's my only chance in life. That I'm not going to be a damaged casualty, a victim by the side of the road. How do I do that? to be with Jesus, to stay with him. We heard about it this morning. His presence, the word of God, prayer, worship, to be with him. Love made real, love made manifest. It's so often I'm in prayer and the Lord will say, you remember what you said to Randy? I was like, mm. yeah, but did you hear what she said to me? <laughs> he said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, working on her. But the reality of the moment when I'm in his presence, I see him and I see the real me. And he loves me so much, he's going to help me to change.
on the inside. Love made real. Love expressed. Love lived out. And great, but how? Where do I express that? Can I, and I just want to reiterate this. Where it always starts at home. The best love starts at home. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to say it's not real if I can't express it at home. But I think I'm missing something if I can't express it at home. It starts at home and it finishes at home. If I'm married, if I'm blessed and fortunate enough to be married, my spouse gets my very best. They get the best of me. It's love made real. And if I have children, my kids get the very best of me. They don't get the leftovers. And that's where in, in life, you know, I think, you know, Randy, sometimes we just we want to have a do-over. You don't, I don't get a do-over. I can go and repent to my kids, and we have on several occasions. It's not funny, but it's painful. It's really ugly. But I feel like my, my children understand dad and mom aren't perfect, especially when I'm repenting to them and asking them for forgiveness. That's love made real. If I have a family, my family gets the very best of me, not the leftovers. What do they need to feel? What are they, what are they craving? Is it my time, my attention, my kindness? That they would feel loved. So another great but how, and I'm going to close quickly with this. Three different places besides family where we can practically show love. Cedric and Amani, they were here a few weeks ago. They have a, a mission in uh, the city. It's called Love in Action. It's about feeding people. And on Thanksgiving Eve, which is coming up, they're going to have a need for people to help them distribute food. And they've asked for our help. And 1 John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So if you're, well, how, what can I do? I just, I, I, boy, I'm provoked. I want to show love. Here's a great opportunity. The day before Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Just take a few hours. Not a long, it's not an all-day adventure. But they need people to distribute food. Second thing, the other thing besides family, expressing love and family. We had an evening here recently where we talked about human trafficking. It's called Pursuit 3416. Where is Kayla, is she out with the kids? Oh, there she is. Kayla, could you stand up? Look, she's wearing Cincinnati Reds hat. Oh, Chiefs, I'm sorry. I just see red. I assumed it was in Kansas City. <laughs> Kayla works with Pursuit 3416, and it's out of Ezekiel 3416. That's where they get that name. And it's helping in the human trafficking uh, blight that is in, I think, was it Missouri the third most in human, or St. Louis the third most in the nation for human trafficking? Missouri's third. And that's, that's, not, the, that's not the winnings total that we want to be on, third in the nation. It's a blight on our society. So if, if you think, well, how can I express love? Can you go see Kayla? And I guarantee you she can help plug you in on actually helping practically right here in the St. Louis area. And the last is Fort Zumwalt School. We prayed for years, years to be able to have an inroad into Fort Zumwalt South across the street. It took COVID, bizarre, to actually open the doors to us. 
We have an En-ROAD now. We're being able to affect that school. But there's a lot more coming. And so it starts right now. You think, well, what we can do? We, we are praying. And so if I could just encourage you, how can I express love? Can you just start praying regularly that we have continued inroads into Fort Zumwalt South? Yeah. So I'm going to close. Our desire is to see people healed and saved. And I'm, I'm, let, let me pray. Father, I thank you for all the families that are here. Yes. And Lord, Thanksgiving is imminent. Christmas is imminent. Family is going to be on top of each other, with each other. Lord, and I, I pray as an expression of the culture of honor that we attempt to embrace here. Lord, there would be healing in families. And Lord, I know for me it starts with a soft heart. It starts with me instead of accusing and pointing to the obvious things. Lord, but what about me? Lord, is, it, is restoration in my family start with me? Not blaming, but repenting, asking for forgiveness, humbling myself, going to a family member and say, I want this to do better this year. Will you please forgive me for what I've done? And I'm not even going to mention all the things that they've done. Lord, that you would heal families in this family. For guests, Lord, that are here. Lord, this may be the only time they're ever in this facility. But Lord, Holy Spirit, you would do a work in all of our hearts. That would be soft and humble and expressing the love of heaven that breaks the stoniest hearts. Holy Spirit, help us to be real. We would actually, people would feel love exuding, emanating from our very beings by our countenance, by our words, and more importantly, by our actions. Help us, Lord, to love deeply with no agenda, no side thing, hoping something else. Lord, I just want to love and I want people to feel it. And may it start in our family and move from that. Bless us, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you forgive us. Heaven, health, constantly as we approach you, Jesus. And you just keep forgiving. You keep loving. You keep blessing. You don't withhold anything because of the way you are. And Lord, I've, I've been purchased by your blood. And now I'm to mirror you, King Jesus. May I mirror you at home. May it start there. Help us, Holy Spirit. Bless our holidays coming up. Lord, but the sweetest thing on the table, may it be love when we get together. May it be love. Bless us. Thank you for the way that you love me, Jesus, for loving us. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.